Hey everyone, welcome back to What's Up Cuz. I am your co-host Erica Spera. And I'm Lisa Velastro. And we've got another great episode for you this week. Uh, thank you all so much for emailing your questions. Uh, if you want to email us a question, it's whatsupcuzpod at gmail.com. So as always, we got to start with some type of update. Uh, what's going on with you, Lisa? What's new? What's new? Crazy week this week, Erica. You know, I have been having some, you know, medical health things going on and i just happened to go for a couple of breast biopsies this week really and yeah just waiting on some results you know i've had uh i've had some issues my whole life basically with with breast issues and benign all benign thank god um but they say that you know the younger you are with these benign things, the more likely you are to have more as you get older. Okay. So I guess I'm just one of those lucky ones. And, uh, you know, when I was 19 years old, I had um, these benign tumors removed from my breast. It was it was actually two months before I met my husband. And, wow. uh, yeah, I remember... Our, I had my surgery around Valentine's Day <laughs> and it was like our first Valentine's Day together after just, you know, being together for a month or so. Yeah. And I still made my husband his, you know, lobster lobster <laughs> dinner. <laughs> really? <laughs> really. And so uh yeah, they're called they're called fiber adenomas and okay. they're benign. So it's basically a bump. It's basically not... like a benign tumor. I mean, it's the okay. best way to describe it. Does that mean just something that keeps growing, but it's not harmful to you? Basically, yeah. That's basically what I mean. Yeah. Okay. But because mine was so large at 19, they actually removed them. Right. Yeah. Um, but I still grew more. <laughs> wow. Okay. I still grew more. And um, during my 20s, I guess because I've had, I had my four kids when I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. I didn't have any growth because apparently they're, they're estrogen driven. Okay. And I guess when you're pregnant and your hormones are all different and crazy, but then, you know, I hit my mid thirties and they started growing again. And, uh, I, we noticed a significant change in the last three years. Hmm. And, um, you know, they, the doctor calls it like, it's funny. The analogy she said was that if you're looking at a beautiful, clear, night sky and you see thousands and millions of stars out there that's what my breast looks like a bunch of white spots on mri yeah oh my gosh so she's like you got a lot of stuff going on in there that you know we got to keep an eye on and i'm like okay as long as the stuff stays you know benign (laughs) let's keep an eye on it um but you know i did have two biopsies done this week and we're waiting on those results and uh, I got some decisions I have to make in, in, the, in the future, you know, on what I want to do. How, um, how exactly did you discover the bumps? Because, I mean, a lot of women go through just, what, yearly mammogram or we're supposed to be, like, checking every month, feeling yeah. around. Or I think when I go to my gyno, they, like, fill you up, basically. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> feeling for something. It's funny because um, I've been having mammograms and ultrasounds hand in hand for many years because I have something called dense breasts. And the reason why I started at such a young age was because, like I said, I actually remember like I felt a bump in the shower and I got so scared that it took me a while to even say something to my mom because I was a very like naive 19 year old. I mean, it's, you know, 19, you're like still getting used to like having your period. Exactly. So, uh, when I finally 
mustered up the courage to tell my mom. She right away took me to the doctor and they had done a mammogram and ultrasound mm-hmm. and discovered that I had these two rather large, large bumps. Actually, I only felt the one. I didn't even realize I had another one on the other side until they did wow. the ultrasound. And um, they had booked me for surgery and I, I went under anesthesia to get them removed. That's how large they were. Wow. And so ever since then, I've always had mammograms and ultrasounds. So that's how they discovered everything else that came more about bumps. it. Uh-huh. Yeah, more bumps and more. Because right now, I can't really feel any of them. They're really deep in there. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, um, decisions that I have to kind of make and uh, I'm working closely with my doctor, who is wonderful. I love her. She's so comforting and so informative. And we're not rushing to anything right now. We're mm-hmm. just taking it one test at a time and, and one step at a time. So is the option basically what? Mastectomy? Basically, the options are, depending on how the biopsies come back, we're assuming they're going to come back benign and, and fine. And again, fiber adenomas. Do I want to just... In six months, because every six months I would have to get monitored, Mm -hmm. just wait another six months and go back for, you know, MRI, mammal, ultrasound, and see if there's any changes or any more growths. Because, again, the theory is if something new grows, you must biopsy it. Right. If something changes that's already been biopsied, you must take it out. Okay. So basically, it's something I want to have to deal with for the rest of my life. And, and my way of describing it is basically, do I want to become a pincushion? Or do I want to just make sure that I don't ever get cancer and have a mastectomy and not worry about it for the rest of my life? So if you do do a uh, I almost said vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't be my having bad. a vasectomy. Don't have those parts. My bad. Uh, I know it's like vasectomy, hysterectomy. <laughs> Um, and now I even forgot the word. Oh my gosh. Mastectomy. Sorry, mastectomy. <laughs> I mean, this is new info for me, so I'm, I'm taking it in. Um, if you do a mastectomy, is it pretty much guaranteed that these bumps won't keep growing? Oh, your breast tissue will be completely gone. I actually wouldn't even have to ever go for a mammogram ultrasound again. Really? Yeah. It's like 98% that you will not get breast cancer. Wow. Okay. Because yeah. I, I've known people to get them when... Mm-hmm. They had like their mother and then like their sister both get breast cancer. And it's basically like, yeah. I'm high risk. Let's just like take it all out. Exactly. Well, that's something called the BRCA gene, which again, I've had that too also. Yeah. Um, thank God my BRCA genes are all negative. Okay. So I don't have the cancer gene, which is great news, but still doesn't say that you can't get cancer just because you right. don't have the gene. And that's the scary part of this whole situation because even though it's great that I don't have the gene, I still know actually two people that are friends of mine that didn't have the gene but had cancer. Right, yeah. I mean, there's no So there's no guarantee in life. There's no. really none. Is it a good thing that I don't have the gene? Yeah, of course, 100%. But it's still, it's still the what-ifs. If that makes sense. It's still stuff that's still growing in my body that, you know, I'm the one that's got to go to bed at night and put my head on the pillow and and feel okay. Right. You know, so I'm taking it one day at a time. And um, basically, that's all you can do. Do you feel any influence from any of the family? 
No, the family's very supportive. I mean, I have to be honest. They're, whatever decision I make, they're going to be extremely supportive. It's funny because when I, I sat my three older kids down to tell them what's going on, because again, it, we're living in a crazy world right now, COVID. Why is mom going to all these doctors? You right, know, because yeah. of course, you know, you want other opinions than from one doctor, then I needed to see also a hematologist and an oncology gynecologist and you know you got to make sure you check off every corner of everything right and and you know my kids are older now they they are like why is mom going to all these doctors mm-hmm. and i'm a very honest i'm very open with my kids i've always been and as soon as i mentioned it to them they're like especially it's funny because my boys answered first really they're like uh get a mastectomy they're like Wow. My one son was like with his hands going like on a scale, mastectomy, cancer, mastectomy, cancer. <laughs> <laughs> wow, very point blank. Yeah, so it's funny. Like, you know, they're very, very supportive. And no matter what I end up doing, it's going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if there's like a timeline you have to decide. I mean, it's it's kind of nice you're not being rushed. Well, that's the, the good thing. There is no timeline. Yeah. Thank okay. God there's no rush. It's, it's nothing that's urgent. Mm-hmm. It's how far do I want to take this? Yeah. The bright side to if you do go through it, the mastectomy right now is it is the time of not really going anywhere and doing yeah. anything that I, um, I actually saw. This is a side track, but I saw that plastic surgery has like skyrocketed. Has it really? Yeah. And it's skyrocketed. <laughs> uh, people thought it was because a lot of people were doing zooms for work and stuff. And mm-hmm. you're looking at your face like constantly up close. But the, you know, the skyrocketing wasn't specifically like nose jobs or something. Right. It was just in general. And I was like, well, yeah, because we're not seeing anybody right now. Yeah. Like, especially, man, if you got it done, I don't know, in the summer, it's like, we really haven't seen so many people since March that it's like, they're going to see you a year later. It's almost like people are going to forget what you looked like. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you got some kind of work done, but also just for the recovery of mm-hmm. it, of like, you're already working from home, if that's your job, and like, yeah. you're kind of chilling in sweats anyway. Like, but I know, I know it's not, you know, it's not an easy surgery to go through for the healing. It's really not. And that's, I guess, why. It's crazy because when I first heard about this a couple months back, my husband and I were both like, just let's go do the mastectomy and not worry about this for the rest of our lives. So my doctor sent us to see a plastic surgeon that Mm -hmm. she works with. And when he actually explained the recovery process and how long it is, I think we kind of were both not expecting it. No. Um. In my head, my theory was, oh, it's a matter of taking out the breast tissue and putting an implant in. Right. My husband's theory was the same way. But when we left there, we're like, wow, it's two to three surgeries. And it's... For just the mastectomy. Just the mastectomy, yeah. So not even getting to implant town. No, because they actually put something called an expander in first. To rebuild the pocket of where the implant will sit. It's, It's... it's, I want to say, a good six to eight months recovery. And that's when we took a step back and said, well, what other options do we have? Right. Is there, I mean, we talked about plastic surgery before. Mm-hmm. You do have implants. Yeah. Uh, is there like a step process with that too? Do you have to get the implants out first before they do the surgery? Yes. So basically everything comes out. Everything comes out and you start fresh and new. But is it one surgery, like implant out and yep, mastectomy? Yeah, it's one surgery. It's take the breast tissue out, implant. They put something called an expander in. And every week you need to go see the doctor and they expand it a little bit more each week hmm. through, a, through a port. 
And they do that for, I think, I want to say, if I remember correctly, three months. And then you wait two months to heal. And then you go back in for your second surgery where they take the um, expander out and they replace it with an implant. And then sometimes a third surgery is required because um, to make it look more natural on the top, they remove some fat from your body and, and fill in the gaps with, with your own right. fat. Okay. So it's a long, long process. And I think that's why we took a step back and really wanted to explore options before we took the big step. Definitely. If you had, if you go through it and you get, get everything taken out and say you do get an implant back in, do you think you'd go same size? Well, when you have a mastectomy done, you have to go either the same size or slightly bigger, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Bigger? I wouldn't want to go bigger. Believe it or not, if I had my choice, I'd go smaller. Well, that's I'm shocked that smaller is not even an option. Yeah, I no. would assume because I would assume skin has to kind of regrow around it as it expands. That I would thought I would think it would be easier to go smaller. No, because the skin already stretched out from uh, the implant that's there. Wow. So that's why you really can't go smaller. This is interesting. I mean, I know yeah. one person that got a mastectomy, but it was because they were um, transitioning genders. So they got a mastectomy to not then get implants in or anything. They mm-hmm. went to go flat-chested fully, but their recovery was a long time just for that. Yeah. So regardless of getting implant out, whatever, just the basic, mm-hmm. most basic mastectomy, basically, if they didn't want scars, I believe it was like they couldn't lift their hands above their head mm-hmm. or above their shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like it was something like that for weeks. They could barely lift their arms at all. Yeah. So like you really need someone taking care of you too yeah because you don't realize you have breast tissue believe it or not going all the way up to your neck bone and all the way underneath your armpit yeah so all that has would have to get removed so it's it's a lot lot more extensive than we thought yeah and i didn't i didn't know that till my friend got that surgery because so many people that face breast cancer they immediately are like yes let's do that and take get it taken care of but like yeah I mean, I've barely heard people publicly talk about the recovery process of it. And mm-hmm. I think because a lot of people, you know, one, they feel like they want to keep that private. But also, like, I think they're just kind of thankful of, like, when it is cancer, you're kind of like, just, I want to live. You know, exactly. like, you're like, I'll deal with exactly. XYZ if I have to. Well, that's that's the thing with me is that, thank God, it's not cancer mm-hmm. as, as far as we know, you know, obviously yeah. right now. So there is no rush. Right. It's just how far do I want to take it? Because let's be honest, uh, going for biopsies every, you know, whatever is not the most pleasant thing in the world. But it's still better than having cancer, God forbid. So I always try to look at the positives of everything and we're taking it one day at a time. Yeah. Well, I mean, good luck. I hope everything comes back. Okay. Thank you. You know, thanks for sharing. Also, Um, I was going to say, if anyone listening right now has gone, gone through something similar, send us a note yeah i would love to know your opinion i have something called fibrocystic breast disease fibrocystic breast disease yeah yep i mean first i'm hearing of it but i'm also not a doctor (laughs) Uh, i just i have yet to have to do a mammogram and i'm like dreading that (laughs) that's not pleasant either i'm not gonna lie (laughs) i've heard i've heard the stories of it really crushes them oh "Oh." it sure does and then they tell you to hold your breath too at the same time you're like okay (laughs) yeah like i'm like it's not even like mine are that big but i'm still like oh please be gentle (laughs) believe it or not if you're not that big it actually hurts more really oh 
oh, please, the first time you get a mammogram, you got to let me know because I just need to know your experience. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Um, yeah, email us in, guys, if you have any, I don't know, any tips, any advice, anybody that's gone through a similar thing. Um, we're what's up, cuz pod at gmail.com. That's what's up, cuz pod at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you guys are going through. Um, I mean, I guess in the spirit of women, we do have a do- uh, email here about uh, daughters, two daughters. It's called Different Size Daughters. Yeah. I think would be fun to do today. So a little bit of a long one. So everyone, everyone hold on for a second. Okay. Different Size Daughters. I am a mother of two teenage daughters, Cassandra, 19, and Louise, 16. My sister also has a daughter around their age named Lisa, 20. Oh. <laughs> Lisa's very into fashion. So my daughter, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> my sister and her husband make a lot of money. They do very well, and so they can afford to buy their daughter very expensive, nice designer clothes. It's become a tradition that when she outgrows them or simply doesn't want them anymore, the clothes will then be passed down to my daughters. We would never be able to afford those kinds of clothes otherwise, so I know it's something my girls really look forward to. The problem is that Lisa and Cassandra are both rail thin. Okay, so one of her daughters and her niece are both mm-hmm. very, very thin. And ever since puberty, her other daughter is not. Cassandra has always been the type that never seems to put on weight despite her love affair with junk food. Louise, on the other hand, is very healthy, but she's larger than her sister and cousin. Just to be clear, she is not overweight. At Thanksgiving, my sister brought two large plastic tubs with clothes, which Lisa decided to donate. In the years past, my girls have always sorted through the clothes together, decided amongst themselves who got what. This was doable when everyone was all or more less the same size. But when Lisa and Cassandra both wear a size small or extra small, and Louise now wears a medium or large, this most of the times could naturally, most of the items could only naturally go to Cassandra. This has caused a huge row with my other daughter. She complained that I should give all the clothes back because it's not fair to get a gift and that she and her sister can't split it equally. Cassandra argued that Louise could have all the accessories, but she doesn't want to give the clothes back. By accessories, she's getting several designer scarves, hats, handbags, belts, jewelry, and two large sweaters that fit her, all in very nice condition. I told her that her cousin was not deliberately excluding her, and I was disappointed to see her act ungrateful for what she did receive. She was very cross with me and says she feels like no one is considering her feelings. I do understand while she feels hurt and perhaps left out. However, returning the clothes seems like it would be a punishment to my other daughter, and I don't think it sends the right message to my niece either. She has still not going over, gotten over it, so my husband thinks we should return the clothes to my sister so we all can just move on. What do you think I should do? How would you handle this situation? Well, listening to the question, I think that first and foremost um you know my daughter just to put you know comparison my daughter and my niece my daughter is a year older than my niece Mm -hmm. and for their whole lives every time I bought something for my daughter and it did not fit her anymore I passed it down to my niece um I think that's something that all families do and I think it's great that they do it I think that what you're doing right now is very fair that your daughter that doesn't fit into the clothes is getting the accessories and the designer scarves i think that that's such a great compromise and that if your daughter is upset at that i don't think she's upset at i personally don't think she's upset at that situation she's probably just upset that the clothes don't fit her and Again, she's 
I don't know your daughter, but she's not overweight. And just because someone has a different body shape, look at my daughter and I, for instance, we're completely different body shapes. Mm-hmm. Even though in certain things we're the same size and other things we're completely different sizes. Right. And my I don't consider my daughter overweight. I think she's perfect. So your daughter that doesn't fit into the clothes probably is just upset that she doesn't fit into the clothes and is taking it out on the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Which again, she's young probably and, and you know, kids that are a little, you know, not mature and can't put things into perspective, don't understand it. But I think what you're doing as a parent is very fair. And I don't think it's right if you are going to return the clothes to your sister because, A, I think it's a slap in the face of here I am, you know, giving you nice things for your kids. And I don't think it's fair to your other daughter that does fit into the clothes. She's being very fair also. She's saying to her sister, you take all the accessories and, and things that I know will fit you. I'll just take the clothes. I mean, how much more fair do you want than that? Yeah. I mean, I th- that's a pretty decent compromise. Especially yeah. for the kid to come up with. It's it, not even exactly. like the mom involved. I, I think that's so nice of her. Yeah. And, 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 the whole, and I think everything is fair. And I'm sorry, by the husband saying, I think you just return everything, it is not solving the problem. <laughs> this is life issues. Well, I think that's, that's <laughs> kind of just the classic man, like, Oh, people are fighting. I don't want conflict. I don't want to get involved. Just like get rid of the yeah. clothes altogether. Yeah, and listen, in, in life, nothing is fair. No. Nothing is perfect. And and life is all about compromises. And I think this is a great compromise. And stick to what you're doing. <laughs> it's almost kind of like she gets first pick by default. Yeah. Like if everything fits the other girl, then it's like, okay, first let her go through. See exactly. what fits her. Okay, these couple, because there was like two sweaters or something yeah. that did do. And it's also funny because like, Look, from an adult perspective, I'm like, okay, if someone said I have this designer shirt and I have this designer bag, I'm taking the bag. Seriously? Yeah, like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't care if the shirt fits me. I'm like, yeah. the bag's forever. Like, yeah. bag, shoes, the belt, jewelry. I'm like, that's the forever items, which obviously as a young kid, you're not you're thinking, not thinking about. about it. Yeah, you're right. But but it's like she could take all these clothes like she's not going to fit in them one day. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think what the mom is doing and what this other sister is doing is so nice and so fair. And yeah. I-, I think it's time to just say this is how it's going to be and call it a day. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I think it's basically like you can have what fits you. Yeah. And the accessories. If you don't want it, you don't want it. I'm not going to make you take it. Yeah. But like. Yeah, there's nothing nothing really can do, especially like, you know, it's one thing when it's not designer stuff and it's just like, hey, I have these handy-downs, nothing special, mm-hmm. blah, blah, because that's, I try to go through my closet every season and I'll have a couple bags of stuff and a lot of times I'll pull out items that I'm like, these are really nice things because I know my mom will kind of go, well, maybe I'll take some handy-downs, yeah. right? Like she has, you know, no qualm about it and she's like, oh, what's in style? What's cute? But I'll be like, these like four things are nice. I'm mm-hmm. like, the rest is not worth really sifting through. Like, if you don't like any of these nice things, yeah. whatever. But, you know, my younger sister is around my size now, but it used to be my sister would take them, my mom would take them. And now my mom just keeps an eye out for other tall girls she knows that's, like, a daughter of someone. Uh-huh. And she's just like, hey, Erica, goes through her stuff if you, like, want it, whatnot. Because some people are kind of weird about it or you don't want to assume charity case scenarios. Mm-hmm. But when you're just like, listen, Erica has four bags of stuff here. You want to look through it, take whatever you want. Like, exactly. it is a generous thing to do, so... I think it's so generous and so nice and it's like yeah accept the gift and 
like I said, I think it's very fair the way it's being done. Yeah, and you're not you're not gonna fit into everything everywhere. I still don't. Yeah, I didn't in high school actually. It was like um, you know, I went to public school so people wore whatever. But I remember like Abercrombie and Fitch and like Hollister, right? Or like mm-hmm. two of the high school brands. And their stuff didn't fit me. I was literally the size I am now in high school, which is a full grown woman. Yeah. <laughs> and those clothes are not designed for yeah. that. And I had friends that were similar to me, but like when you see everybody else in the Abercrombie shirt, you want the Abercrombie shirt, right? Exactly. And I even remember I had um my high school boyfriend bought me a shirt from Hollister and it didn't fit me. It was like the largest size, but it didn't fit. And it was something that I kind of was like, oh, you know, thanks, blah, blah, blah. But like I had to tell him, I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't, I can't shop there. Like, it, you know, yeah. And he felt like so bad. And I was like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. I was like, I just didn't want you to like waste money yeah. or be mad. You never saw me wearing it. Like, I'm like, I tried it on. It's way too tight. Like I can't yeah. wear it sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, that does suck. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. good to basically kind of accept that in some way. But it's like kind of it is what it is situation and again we're all made differently and we're not all gonna fit into the same things no so i feel that if she's getting the accessories and the and the designer scarves and stuff like that that is a great compromise to what the other daughter is getting i think it's fair so do you think you would just essentially say like hey this is the deal yeah you get all the accessories if you don't want any of them, she can have them. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I would say. That's what's fair. Yep. Out. Exactly. I don't think it's bad either. That's a big part of being a woman. You just learn to figure out what works for you. Exactly. Accept what works. Because that's like any apart- any dress department you go into, it's like how many different dresses are there? Yeah. And it's funny because men will look like, this is insane. And it's like, well, all of you are the same shape as exactly. men. You all wear suits. Yeah. And for women, it's like, nope, it's... <laughs> some people look better at like hits at the waist hits at this part a shorter dress a longer dress like yeah. very true it's always a gamble so but um anyway guys thank you all for emailing in and listening to the podcast if you want to send us an email it's what's up pod at gmail.com uh send us your questions comments whatever you'd like uh share the podcast with a friend put it on your instagram story leave us a review whatever you can do to help sh- uh, spread the word really helps us and um thank you all so much for listening Thanks, guys. Till next time. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.